<clears throat> Alright guys, welcome back. Uh, as you can tell, I got a new mic. So hopefully the quality of the audio is a lot better. But, I'm here with Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about how Sony messed with Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 4 in the Raimi universe. And the amazing Spider-Man movies. So, yeah, that's going to be our topic for today. Hopefully we don't get too far down this rabbit hole again like we did in the first episode, but we'll try our best to keep it condensed and not try to bore everybody, because it's kind of a lot, to be honest. Yeah, I've gotten some pointers from some friends, and they've mentioned that uh, keeping a schedule and keeping like a topic schedule is what we're going to try and do today. It might not work, it might work perfectly, but yeah, that's the general idea. So this should be more on topic, and... You'll have more of our ideas condensed instead of just spreading our ideas out and just spouting them out when we think of them. Right. So yeah. Um, Ethan, did we want to start with Amazing Spider-Man or did we want to do the Raimi trilogy? Um, the Raimi universe. Let's start with Raimi just because, Ra I mean, Raimi started it, obviously, and then it, it'll probably transcend into the Amazing Spider-Man movies a little bit better than working backwards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So... Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 1 and 2, really good movies. Critically, like, very well acclaimed. Even fans of Spider-Man love these movies. Spider-Man 3 comes out, and it's not doing so hot. Like, it's still doing good in the box office. And critically, it's doing okay. It's not com it's not doing good compared to Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 1, but it's doing okay. Um, and the main issue is of this is because Sony decided to... Sony's like the big bad guy. So when I say Sony did this, it's it's like the big bad wolf in Red Riding Hood. Like, <laughs> they did a lot of stuff in these movies that it kind of just made the movies cluttered. The Spider-Man 3, I'll get more into that in a bit. But it, it really just packed a lot of topics and a lot of issues into Spider-Man 3. Which is why a lot of the fans are, you know don't like it as much i i love it i still think it's a really good spider-man movie but there are some issues that i have with it that a lot of people did as well so one of the big things that sony did was they pushed villains into this movie because spider-man <laughs> 3 the idea with the trilogy if you watch movies which hopefully all of you do is that one one and two are movies of their own but they're kind of not building towards something but you can see that there's a bigger picture right so in spider-man 3 sony decides hey let's get this guy mark webb to start putting a bunch of these ideas and start pushing sam raimi to do a lot of these things wait hold on like mark webb like the amazing spider-man mark yep. webb okay I, Th i'm 90 percent sure he did the same thing in Spider-Man 3. I can look it up, actually, just to make sure, so I'm not just name-dropping this guy. Because, I was gonna say, if Mark Webb did the same thing twice in the, for the same character, I don't think I can defend these movies. <laughs> okay, no. Okay. I lied. Wait, maybe. Hold on. Let me look up Mark Webb, what he's been... The only thing I know Mark Webb has been attached to is The Amazing Spider-Man. I don't know... What else, like you said, he's been done. What he's been doing, or has done, but to me, it feels like Sony just picked him up because his last name is Webb. 
so <laughs> okay so no he had no influence on spider-man 3 i don't okay. know why i was thinking of that then but so i take that back mark webb in my eyes not as bad of a guy as i thought you just wanted to dog the amazing spider-man movies that's all yes i just needed <laughs> another reason to dog this amazing spider-man movies but anyways so in spider-man 3 the general consensus from Raimi and his crew was that Sandman was going to be the main villain. There's going to be some side stuff. I'm pretty sure with Harry, the new the new goblin. Um, but the main focus was Sandman. So you can tell with a lot of the scenes they shot, like that CG sand when he gets turned into Sandman. Really good CGI scene. I can't tell when it's um, Thomas... Hayden coming out of the sand and when it's just a CGI animation. Right. But so Sandman was their main thing. At the time though, Sony started putting out a lot of these um what's that brand of toys that does really good? Is it Hasbro, Mattel? Those are like the only two. Matt, Mattel, yeah, or Hasbro. They started pumping a lot of these toys out, like Spider Man toys, mm. some Green Goblin stuff. And so Sony's like, hey, Venom sells. Because Venom is cool. Venom's like a classic Spider-Man villain, which he is. I love Venom. Mm. But Sony's like, let's put him in this movie. Why why settle for just Sandman when we can have Sandman and Venom? And Raimi at this point doesn't have as much control over the reins as he did in Spider-Man 1 and 2. He did come out to say that Sony wasn't as controlling. Um, They weren't as big of a bad guy as everybody said. But they still had a lot of influence on it. And you can look up a couple articles where you can, where it says that Raimi didn't have as much control as he wanted to. Because there's a lot of things that Raimi would have done differently. So anyways, Sony pushes for Venom and gets him put in the movie. They also pushed for the New Goblin redemption towards the end of the movie, which comes off as a little half-brained. Comes off as really rushed and forced. I like it because, I mean, it's, you know, it's Harry Osborn and Peter Parker fighting back-to-back. That's sick. But it's still kind of like you could have done this better, and Raimi yeah. was planning to do it better. But, you know, with how the movie goes, it's not as well translated, I guess. Well, and just oh, sorry, I ahead. didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, like, with the whole Sandman thing, it makes the most sense as to Raimi making him the like the main antagonist just because most of his scenes were compelling like he actually wrote a good villain for sandman like you actually cared about his relationship with his family and how he's not actually a well actually i don't remember why was he in prison was it robbery or something or murder oh like that. he killed uncle ben or he yeah. right that was, was that robbery yeah yeah that's what it was spoilers if you haven't seen it by the way if you haven't um, what are you doing but um which is also a way to like retcon the whole you know Peter's fault, which I thought was a really good thing. Spider-Man One. Um, I, I, I have mixed his, feelings. Yeah, yeah. I was just I, gonna it was say, kind of his fault, and so he's kind of like, well, I do have to take responsibility for my actions because letting that guy go, as much as it made me feel good, got my uncle Ben killed. Yeah, but we're rabbit holing. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot of the scenes. Sandman is a really good villain in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Before this, before rewatching this, um, a couple of years ago, I never considered Sandman to be 
potential threat. I was just telling me, like, it's a guy made of sand. He's going to get in your clothes. That's, you know, game over, man. But, Anakin's uh, biggest nightmare. Yeah, for real. But, uh, no, they made him really good. Because there's a couple lines in the movie where he's just like, I'm not a bad guy. I just have bad luck. Which, you know, it's not going to be like, okay, buddy, I excuse you for robbing a bunch of banks. Right. But you can tell why he's doing it. It's got the whole setup with his daughter being sick. Uh, I think it's like leukemia or something. Yeah. And so he's just robbing these banks for her. And it, it's it's set up really well. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so then the Venom comes in. It's really just out of nowhere. The fact that they had Topher Grace is Eddie Brock. <laughs> I, think I, that, hated. I think that's the best part about Venom uh, being in the movie, bro. No. Topher Grace is funny. I, I love that 70s show, but him as Eddie Brock. Oh, dude, that's so bad. It's so bad. Because he's, he's funny, and that's it. I don't see Topher Grace as being, like, imposing. Um, he I, never really came off as threatening to me, so it just kind of came off as, like, hey, here's this guy that Peter Parker bullied who got mad, and he wants revenge. And he doesn't even get close to anything like he steals Mary Jane. Hope to do. I think and the then... oh sorry. I just wanted to say like the best part about Topher Grace's Eddie Brock is like the the one scene in the movie where uh, Peter's like, dude, Eddie, you're uh, fo- or, uh, stealing my pictures. But Peter's pictures are the ones that look photoshopped in comparison to Eddie's. Like Eddie's yeah. pictures actually look like he legitimately took them. But anyways, that was like a thing I thought was funny. Yeah, so anyways, Sony pushed a lot for that because, you know, Venom sold toys. Right. They put Venom in the movie. They make more sales. Um, And there are a few cut scenes. This is in the editor's cut of the Spider-Man 3. Um, There's a few cut scenes. They don't do a lot. It's not like a Zack Snyder's Justice League difference. It's basically just how Raimi and Raimi's editor wanted to make the movie and there's a couple cuts I've watched them to where it it makes you like feel a bit more so like that whole Peter bully scene where he's emo and he's dancing (laughs) in the um streets or whatever Uh the whole point of that was to be contrasted to a scene right before that is when he blows off half of Harry's face that's the editor's cut. So the editor's cut, he slings the bomb back at Harry. Harry blows up. He walks out. Two seconds later, it's him dancing in the streets. So it's kind of like, damn, this guy just blew off half his best friend's face. Right. And he's dancing in the streets. So yeah. it's, it's supposed to be cringe. But it's also supposed to be like, damn, this suit's fucking with him. Yeah, like, because what's the sequence? It's Is it the, uh, the dancing before the blowing up of his face at Harry's face. Yeah, it is, but there's a couple scenes in between where he right. he comes out of like in the alleyway and like fixes his hair and he's like I'm emo. Yeah. And then he uh and then he walks out, buys the suit and then starts dancing. So it's kind of like there's more of a setup to it, but more the point of the scene is not to be look at me dance. The point of the scene is to be showing how the suit is affecting Peter Parker. Peter Parker would have never done this. The suit just makes him do that. Uh, I still think it's hilarious. It's supposed to be cringe. That's why I laugh at it every time. I don't hate it. I do think it's really cringe, though. Like, really cringe. But it's not cringe in a bad way. It's not cringe as in, 
this isn't supposed to be here. It's more just cringe as in this guy's this guy's a nerd and finally has confidence. And this is what he thinks is cool. Right. And he's still a loser. Yep, exactly. Because <laughs> the, the but, symbiote uh, is like – I don't know about much about the symbiote, but it's like – it tries. It personifies what you think is cool, right? That's what I understood from it. It like personifies a lot of the bad. Oh, so okay. ego, um, revenge, resentment, hate, anger, all that stuff. So it kind of just amplifies that. That's the idea of what it does. Okay. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of what that point is there. That's supposed to be there for, and then Spider-Man Four. There's not really much to talk about this, so I don't want to go too much longer on it. Okay. But there was supposed to be a Spider-Man 4 directed by Sam Raimi with uh, John Malkovich as... Was he Mysterio? Oh, the Vulture. Vulture, yeah. And then Anne Hathaway as Black Cat. Oh, that would be good. after so many um, like creative differences, this was kind of like on Raimi and the writers. They just kept disagreeing on stuff, and they kept scrapping it and going back and making completely new stories um sony just decided to cut the movie and so yeah that's the fate of the raimi trilogy that's kind of what happened i do like spider-man 3 don't get me wrong there are some things wrong with it but it's still a really good movie if i'd put it if i'd rank it against the other two it would easily be the third as in the worst out of the three but it's not that far behind. It's kind of like two is up at the top of my screen, at the top of my webcam. One is kind of right here. And then three is right about like halfway. So it's not terrible. I don't hate it. I could still watch it on repeat, like back to back. Right. But yeah, there are some things wrong with it. I'm pissed at Sony. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's that's what happened with Spider-Man 3. I mean, I, I knew... Um... I only knew a little bit about the Spider-Man 4. I didn't know that it was a writer disagreement, so I find that very interesting that Raimi couldn't just... Like, him and the writers couldn't mesh a story together. I find that really upsetting, actually. But Yeah. What could have been? Yeah, for real. Alright, should I uh, jump over Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Alright, Amazing Spider-Man 2. What, 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 what is there to say, honestly? Um, <laughs> the first one released 2012. I don't know the exact numbers it grossed, but it came out around the time the Avengers came out. So Sony, as you could tell, um, they're very money hungry, as Vic was saying, with the toy the toy industry, how they pushed Venom down the down Raimi's throat. Um, for the Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, they didn't stop. They didn't learn from their mistakes. Um. Uh, Sony pretty much just wanted to create a Spider-Man universe, like a Sony-verse, a Spidey Sony-verse, I guess is the best way to call it, because of the Avengers' success, because they were like, dude, if they can do it, we can do that with only Spider-Man characters, which makes sense. Like, I get where they were going, but um, to shove down one character's universe into one compiled movie, as, like, all of a sudden, from from pretty much, from an average Spider-Man movie to this... It's pretty tough. Um, in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, you can see different suits from like other characters. Like, um, what's his name? The guy with the top hat or the the bowler's hat. He's walking down through Oscorp, 
and you see like a bunch of different suits. Like I know you see Doc Ock's legs. Job from uh, Goldeneye. <laughs> I've actually never seen those, so I'm kind of lost wow. on that reference. Damn. <laughs> um, they uh, when in Oscorp, that guy was walking down through the basement, and you see a uh, Doc Ock's legs, like his tentacles. You see um, the rhino suit, which we see at the end of the movie anyways. We see some vulture wings, and then, like, just briefly we see um, Harry's goblin suit, which is all alluding to a Sinister Six-type movie, which Sony intended on doing because they wanted a villain-style team-up movie, which is a good idea. Um, prior to this movie, there wasn't a Suicide Squad movie out yet. I'm sure it was in development, though, at over at Warner Brothers, but... Um, with this movie, they were going to have Sinister, a Sinister Six movie and then spin-offs from that movie. So we're already two spin-off universes deep from the main character itself. Um, so those Sinister Wait, Six... hold on one second. No, you're good. This is, this is what they planned, the two spin-offs from the... Yes, they planned a spin-off. They wanted to create a big universe from the Amazing Spider-Man, which is fine. So then, but then... Within this movie, they were introducing the Sinister Six, which is Spider-Man's, like, core villains. Mm -hmm. And with that, they were going to spin off into their own villain movies, like the Venom movie, which we got anyways in 2018, not connected okay. to um, The Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Tom Hardy. And somehow coming coming out with a sequel in two weeks, Don't I don't want to get down that hole because don't know how that's getting a sequel. But um, some other sequels they wanted to mention – or I wanted to, or spinoff. Sorry, I wanted to mention was um, Black and Silver, which is a Black Hat and Silver Sable oriented uh, film, with Felicity Jones reprising her role as Felicia Hardy. I don't rem know if you remember seeing her. She's uh, Harry's assistant in the board meeting. Okay. Uh, it's ringing a bell, but I'm not any. Gotcha. Photo. Um, I can actually pull up a photo, but they wanted a um. Uh, spin-off with her being Black Cat, and then I don't know who they had in mind for Silver Sable, but this is her right here. So this is, would have been Black Cat in this Amazing Spider-Man universe, which, I mean, I liked her in Rogue One, so, I mean, I guess that's good enough for me. <laughs> okay. Um, so there was that. That was the one thing for what they wanted to do after this movie itself. Um, they wanted a Craven the Hunter movie, which is still coming out. They just announced Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be Craven. Um, I don't know when that movie's slated to come out, but they just came out with an update on it, which is very weird. Um, there's also they also wanted an Aunt May oriented movie. What the hell? I'll say that again, an Aunt May oriented movie. I did not stutter on that. I said the same thing when I heard that. It was is there any like trashed script or just some script that leaked from that so no i don't think there was but okay i should i should have prefaced this before but this is all according to the sony leaks that happened um okay whenever i don't i think that was probably 2015 when those sony leaks happened um but this is all of this information is based on that um Okay. So there was that Aunt May movie with Sally Field to return as Aunt May, but it's going to it was going to be a spy espionage type movie, I think. I haven't brushed up on the details on that entirely, but that's what I think it was supposed to be. Um, 
but yeah, that that was that wasn't even the Amazing Spider-Man itself. That was what was going to come out of the Amazing Spider-Man and why it was kind of a mess because um, Sony wanted, like I said, wanted to introduce the Spider-Man universe and wanted to branch off from this Andrew Garfield-oriented character to make their big Sony-verse. Um, so with that being said, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, we see hints of those other characters, and hopefully they, they were planning too broadly in one movie because they had three villains in this movie with Rhino being the in the beginning and end who should have been cut entirely. Then we have Electro with a very poor motive, and then there was also uh, Harry Osborn's um, Green Goblin. Goblin. Yeah, the Goblin, which was fine. I actually just found out there was a scene that was cut where after um, Gwen Stacy dies, you hear Harry laughing from the top of the clock tower. Um, and you, mm. like, see Peter, like, grow in rage. And, like, he goes back up to the top, and he looks like he's about to kill um, Harry, like, with the glider. Mm -hmm. um, new images. Hold on, let me see if I can find them. I should pull something up. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Shoot, what is it? Harry. Death. Is it the director's cut one? What do you mean? I've got like a clip of it on YouTube, but oh, I maybe I got. I don't. Even, I don't know where I can find those. Where I can find those, I'll. I'll find something for it. But I should have had that on hand. But that happened, and I thought that was very, very interesting, and quite frankly, terrible, because that would have been emotional. That would have been a good way to close out that scene, outside of the fact that Gwen Stacy just died. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm I'm playing it right now, so hopefully there's no uh, copyright issues on the video. <laughs> I muted it, but no, you're good. Um, another thing that got cut, I mentioned this in the last Spidey video, was Richard Parker's return. He actually survived that plane crash you see at the beginning of the movie. I don't know if there's any other context, but he survives and he comes to see Peter at Gwen's grave, and it's it's a big emotional scene. And you see Garfield, like, absolutely just take control of the role of Peter and the rage he had after Gwen's death and then seeing the fact that his dad is still alive after being missing for his whole life and creating this big monster of a life he has now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Shailene Woodley's uh, Mary Jane Watson got cut as well. She was supposed to be introduced... Um, as like Peter's neighbor, she she was moving in, and then at the same time Gwen was walking out, and they were like, "Oh hey, what's up? I'm Mary Jane." And then Gwen's like, "Hey, I'm this dude's girlfriend or whatever," and she's like, "Oh, I'm his neighbor. I'm just moving in." Blah blah blah, stupid shit like that. Um, so there was that, and then I don't think Peter actually meets her until he goes to grief counseling after Gwen's death, and then um. Shailene and Shailene or Woodley's um Mary Jane and Peter meet Peter meet there and they kind of just hit it off. Th this uh image actually just was released a few days ago. I don't know how hitting it off at grief counseling. Yeah, literally hitting it off at grief counseling. But this image just released of what she would have looked like through in the movie. Um okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean it's standard Mary Jane Watson. Don't really don't yeah. really know about feel about that. Um, 
But yeah, that was two kind of just lear- they didn't learn from Spider-Man 3. They were rushing into this. They wanted they were money hungry and they just had a cluster a cluster of a script and couldn't really put anything to fruition. If you think this was bad, you should The Amazing Spider-Man 3, which was slated for a 2016 release, is a lot worse. Um so I'm going to jump into that right now actually. So uh this was actually going to be more so a part two of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 rather than a, like, direct sequel, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, this was going to be heavy on the events from Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then they were also going to go heavy on the expansion of the universe again. Um, Woodley's, Woodley's MJ's scenes and then Richard Parker's scenes, those scenes that were cut from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 would have had a would have been placed in The Amazing Spider-Man 3. I don't know the correct timing of those, but they were supposed to be seen in this movie rather than the first because they felt that it was too busy as it was already, despite the whole fiasco that was the movie. Wait a minute. We made a movie that's too busy? Don't yeah. put anything more into it. Exactly. It's not too busy. After, after they said, let's have three villains in two movies for the same character, different universe, though. Um, yeah. So some characters that... W- some of the villains that were rumored to... Re- uh, not return, but like show up in this movie. We're going to be Eddie Brock, a Venom, um, to set up the Venom movie. Like I said, Craven, mm-hmm. um, Adrian Toomes, and um, <clears throat> Adrian Toomes, who's the vault, who's the Vulture. Um, and then I think that was it. Oh, there was also Carnage. I'm gonna jump into that after I finish um, other plot details. Um, so the plot revealed. Or revolved around Peter creating a resurrection serum to revive Gwen Stacy and Captain Stacy. Um, Peter just graduated high school, for people that aren't really entirely sure on how old this is, how old Peter is in this universe. So he's about 18, say 19 at the oldest. And I find that very funny that now they're going into stuff like that. Um, I want to play God. I yeah, just graduated high school. He literally wanted to play God. Um, <clears throat> Spider-Gwen was also rumored to appear, still played by Emma Stone. I don't know what they were doing there, whether it was going to be... I'm, I'm sure it stuck to the roots of the character where she's from an alternate dimension. She became Spider, Spider, Spider-Gwen, not Spider-Man, uh, rather than Peter, and Peter dies instead of Uncle Ben because of their connection, so it pushes the whole Spider-Man agenda. Um, there was also apparently heavy rumors that Norman Osborn actually did not die in the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, they in the in the same like little vault area where they keep the uh, the sinister six suits like the Rhino, the uh, the uh, Doc Ock arms. There was a- they actually kept Norman Osborn's head to like keep him alive and they faked out his death to pretty much be like, "Yeah, Harry, we just wanted you to survive so that Norman could take your body and become the Green Goblin." Walt Disney type beat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Keeping him under the Disney Tower or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the main villain of this movie, because there's like seven of them showing up, was going to be Venom. Because <laughs> Sony loves Venom, apparently. And the Sinister Six was going to appear. Um, a big plot point was also Peter was going to get the black suit and figures out that fighting Venom requires a team. Like, this is after... Um, the movie goes on. We've, Peter's like, dude, the suit's kind of bad. 
and then Venom's also there. He can't really beat Venom by himself, so he goes to his um, rogues gallery and is like, hey, can you guys like help me because I can't beat Venom. Um, so he goes to the Sinister Six and asks for help, like I said, <laughs> but they literally laugh in his face. They tell him no and laugh. <laughs> what? Okay, just to interject really quick. No, you're good. Isn't it normally Venom that, you know, I'm not saying like Venom's a good guy. He's in the comics. Isn't he more of like an anti-hero? Like he's he helps, but he doesn't. Yeah, they were pretty much giving Venom's personality or like they were giving Carnage's personality and powers to Venom. If that makes any sense, because they're the same character, essentially. Yeah. So why? I don't know. Why go to the main bad guys, the guy who's killed, robs. And who are known to be bad guys in the comics to be like, hey, do you guys want to be the anti-heroes this time and make Venom the big bad guy? You know? Like, yeah. It's, I don't know, it kind of just seems weird. I know this movie didn't come out, and it's not but planning on coming out, but... There was enough to set this up. Like, they had enough writing to be like, hey, we should do this. I think it was going to come out still. Like, if the leaks didn't happen, this movie was going to be shot and released. Thank God those leaks happened. I know. Dude, that's not even the worst part yet. So after the Sinister Six, like, mocks Peter, Peter just starts ripping off the symbiote from his body right there. Just starts taking it off. And so as the symbiote's, like, falling down, it attaches to Cletus Cassidy. Now, it's not like your typical Cletus Cassidy, like the murderer or whatever. Cletus Cassidy is a homeless person, and he just happened to be laying underneath Peter Parker right then and there. And the oh symbiote, and the symbiote attaches to him, and he's called Carnage in this because I think a line or something was that he's going to be like he he's calls himself he calls himself Carnage because that's what he sees in the world. Uh, what does villainize homeless people? I know. <laughs> they said you're too broke to buy our toys, so you're gonna be, you guys are gonna be the bad guys. Can't afford a Hasbro Venom. You're bad. Pretty much. So this Carnage was going to be set up for the Venom film. Now I don't know what happens with Carnage if he just like gets away or whatever. Like this this what I what I've seen and what I've heard is very spotty, but. These details are pretty pretty straight on. Um, but <clears throat> throughout this movie, the Sinister Six does end up getting a like redemption arc. So they all they're not all villains at the end of this movie. This is their redemption arc to become anti heroes, which then allows them to make that Sinister Six spin off, like that I was saying. Okay. Um, so then Carnage would propel into Venom, which we're getting still anyways, but it's different because like. Sony doesn't know what they're doing over there. And yeah, money. yeah, money. But <laughs> whatever work they they uh whatever they're doing it's working cuz Venom's getting a sequel and Venom was pretty mid if you ask me, but I haven't seen it. Um, I really want to see it. I can't I can never find it to be on um any streaming platform. It's like... on Prime Video maybe? I saw that. Is it for free on Prime Video? Oh, I don't know. I watch know. it for free, but if I have to rent it, so be it. Yeah. I want to watch it, though. I heard it was, I've heard it was really good. I've heard some people say it's bad, and then some people say it's mid. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty... It's mid. It's not bad. It's what you expect out of a Venom movie without Spider-Man. 
So yeah. But yeah, that's what uh that was the Amazing Spider-Man two and three. What what would have been, what could have been. Um, I'm glad it didn't though. As much as I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and the costume designs and what was like set up, kind of not really. Um, I just can't imagine a world where this Sony's was like, ever good. <laughs> Sony's like the cousin at the family reunion that's it's like a baby it's dressed in a suit, but it shits its pants. It's really well kept together, but the baby just keeps shitting its pants. Yeah. And you know, you think, okay, he's five years old now, he's not gonna shit his pants. And you bring him to a wedding and he shits his pants. That's, that's that seems much... to be what Sony is. Yeah. Um, um so when it comes to comic movies, I don't really know too much about any other movies they do. They released the emoji movie, if that makes you feel better. Ah, uh, that makes it even worse. <laughs> So yeah, they're the baby at twelve years old that's still shitting her pants. Um, yeah, no, I don't know what mastermind leaked those that Spidey script or all everything, but it resulted in this is this is what resulted in Spider-Man being shared by Disney and Sony now, and this is why we have Tom Holland Spider-Man. Love him or hate him, he's got the most cohesive universe right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like that's the whole Disney pairing. Yeah. Hopefully this does good. I, I really want this movie to do good because I'm really excited for it. But you mean Far From Home? Or No Way Home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll uh, that'll be something if it if it's actually the rumored multiverse movie, which I think it is, with these two lads making a reappearance. But oh, that'd be sick. I saw a leak of like them like flying through the sky. Yeah. And it was dude. Just a short clip, and I was like, damn. If this is really what they do, I'll be surprised. Yeah, if I'll they if they can do this, I will be shocked. But did you hear about the Venom post? Uh, I shouldn't say. There's a there's a there's a Venom two post credit scene that is very very pivotal. I don't want to talk about it because there it wasn't supposed to be released at all, and it did, and I watched it. Well, I didn't watch it. I listened to the audio, and it's very, very, very interesting. Okay, um, I'll listen to it. I don't have to talk about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that wraps up the main part of our episode. Um, that was just the talking about, like, the Sony, how they interfered with Spider-Man 3, um, potential Spider-Man 4, and the amazing Spider-Man 2, that whole universe. Um, but we kind of had a new idea, is we wanted to start doing like sort of categories at the end of our normal episodes so that you guys if you're listening along can um watch these movies with us um or just you know put your input in on any movies you have seen that we talk about but we're basically just going to do a quick rundown of what we've seen this week and what we want to watch this week so um i can start just because i'm already talking uh (laughs) i watched uh, the Lady in Black 2. Oh, okay. It's about this, um, it takes place during World War Two, and it's based in, you know, England, and this orphan house of a bunch of these kids. I don't want to say orphanages, because I don't even know how to say it. How do you say, like, like, the house where a bunch of orphans live? Yeah, that's an, or- it's an orphanage. Orphanage, yeah, okay, there we go. But, um, they get relocated. And they have to go out in this backwoods country 
in England. And so it's a it's kind of like The Nun. If you've ever seen The Nun or any of those like horror movies that have sequels, it's pretty good. I liked it because there's a lot more things I don't like the t- just traditional <clears throat> jump scare horror. I just don't like it because, I mean, I get scared really easily. Yeah. And it just seems really cheap because I could throw something on the screen right now and scare anybody who's watching. <laughs> but that's not the part I like. I like the thing where it's, you know, something's in the background and it. there's a couple, there's a couple times it does this in the movie where there'll be a long shot. And it's just extended, and you see, like, this kid drawing or something. He hears something. He goes to check it out. And in the background, something that's been there the entire time you just haven't noticed starts to move. For example, there's this one scene where there's, like, a hole in the ceiling, and you can kind of see through it. Like, when you're the camera shoots up to it, and you can kind of see through it. But from the one shot, it's looking against the wall and against this kid looking, um, drawing in his doodle book on the bed. And you can see this hand pulled back at the end of the shot that oh, was just good. sitting there. That's awesome. The whole time, because I rewound it and I saw it as well. So when it, it's stuff like that that's really creepy. So you like the um, the suspense part of horror movies, the suspense and tension, rather the yeah, just the this the just the jump scare, like you said. I like to be scared as in like creeped out. Like if something if this was happening to me, I'd be like, damn, that's really creepy. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't okay. like the scare, which is like. Oh, I'm right here, you know. You like the paranormal activities of the horror genre. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then a movie I want to watch is I want to finish watching Grown Ups One, because I started watching that. I didn't think it'd be that funny. Wait. But it's kind of funny. You haven't seen Grown Ups One before? I've never seen Grown Ups One. Bro, that shit is so funny. Both of those movies are funny. They're stupid funny though. <laughs> yeah. From oh. what I've gotten through, they're it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. But that's what I want to finish. And then, just because I'm already halfway through that movie, Venom. As I will make it my mission to watch Venom this week. Good. I mean, not that it's... I wouldn't try to fight... Like, I wouldn't fist fight a kid to watch Venom. But if it's on TV, I'll watch Venom. That 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 If that makes any sense. I'd fist fight a kid in general. Okay. Just for, not, for free. That's fair. But, You're valid. Okay, yeah. So, I'll check that out. Um... Sweet. Uh, one movie that I just watched literally two days ago. It fits the bill of what you like in horror, Vic. So I really recommend you watch this movie too. It's *Malignant*, directed by James Wan. It just came out. I don't even know what the release okay. date is. Um, but it literally came out within the last two weeks. And um, so it's about this lady. Oh, how do I? I'm gonna. I don't even know how to read like summarize this movie without spoiling it um oh so like this main girl is like having visions of some of like different murders that are going on throughout her throughout her life Mm -hmm. and she doesn't understand why because she feels like she's there and it's like freaking her out because she like like she's watching the murder like i said and people don't believe her at all stuff like that and, like, there's different mysteries behind it. Like, throughout the whole movie, she talks about... Not the whole movie, but the beginning of the movie, she talks about how she has three miscarriages. She can't remember her childhood. And there's, like, a big part where... Stuff like that. Like, she talks about her previous life. And you don't really see it up until uh, until you realize how the story goes. Um, I don't want to go too far into it because this movie... Sounds interesting, though. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a horror movie, as you can tell. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's very well shot. I think that's why I love this movie too. Um, it's shot very well. It plays very well on the whole, like, um, I forget what they're called, but it tilts the frame a lot to help with the unease in the movie. It, it does a lot of good camera work to aid in the fact that this is suspenseful, this is scary, and it makes you really uncomfortable. I, I was uncomfortable and just scared, but that was because of the tent, the, the, the suspense within the movie, and like I said, the camera work. Um, okay. It's on HBO Max. You can watch it there if you don't want to go to a theater. Um, but yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I wouldn't say phenomenal. It, it had some really bad character dialogue, but nobody watches horror movies for character dialogue. Exactly. Um, but I, I feel like horror is one of those genres where you can set aside dialogue and just be a little bit looser on the writing and just focus more so on the scene going around it and what colors, lighting framework of the camera stuff like that and i I, th I think that's why i like this movie a lot um okay i'll check it out yeah um and i want to do a quick shout out i didn't watch it this week i watched it a few weeks ago but shang chi and the legend of the ten rings marvel's most recent movie i recommend people watch it um as an asian american dude like this movie i'm not chinese myself but man it's got to be good for chinese americans right now and just the representation it feels as an asian myself it just feels awesome man the action's good the writing's good cg looks phenomenal action action is top notch i know i said it before but it's so good the character development is good it, the 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 depth that they put in the culture itself like they didn't shy away from it at all they said they they went straight through it like they're talking mandarin i think it's mandarin it it form of chinese and they're uh -huh. talking it the whole movie, and it's they they never shied away from it. They never hit it. They went straight on, and I thought it was awesome. So they were like, "This is an Asian movie. Let's make this an actual, yeah. you know, Asian movie. Let's not make this a Asian American movie in English. Let's make this, you know, yeah, like traditional. Like yeah, not not necessarily traditional, but they pay they pay a lot of homages and they put a lot of effort into being more welcoming into the Asian community and stuff like that." Um, like, you know how some movies, they intro in, like, like a separate language, and then they just drop it? I don't yeah. know how common that is, but I've seen that in quite a few movies. And But this one, they never drop the Mandarin. It's throughout the whole movie. Like, bits and pieces here and there, like, main dialogue between characters. It's, it was just so good. It was awesome. Cool. I'll have to watch that, too. Yeah. Whenever um, I get to it. Yeah. Um, and one movie that I would like to watch is um, Paranorman, actually. It's a, a stop-motion animation movie. Um, it's It was made by the people that created Coraline and uh, something else, but with... My girlfriend's favorite movie is Coraline. Same. Not favorite, but she loves Coraline. But, yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. Paranorman is on Netflix. I Coraline's on Netflix, is it not? Uh, I don't think Coraline is. Let me check. It might be. I remember watching it on Netflix with my girlfriend. But gotcha. It is on YouTube <laughs> for two ninety nine. That's not bad actually. But yeah, no. Uh, with fall coming around, well, it is fall. Um, but yeah, I actually want to watch horror movies. More horror movies because I've shied away from them just because I don't like being scared in movies. But I need to watch, like, right. slashers because the tension and the shots, like I said, horror movies know how to do that. Yeah, I like slashers. Slasher flicks are good. Yeah. 
I don't like paranormal stuff. That's that stuff scares me. And oh, like, like the witchcraft, shit. the witchcraft movies, dude. Like I'll watch them because I think they're interesting, but they are so scary. Um, a quick shout out. I'm not gonna go much into detail on this. Uh, the, uh, what is it? The Friday night. Hold on. Um. Uh, what were they called? Let me pull up Netflix, and I can find it. Oh, don't see my dad's name. Um. These movies, they're on Netflix right now. They It's a trilogy of horror movies. And they did this ridiculously good. That's all I'm going to say about this. But they pay enough homages to stuff, like the older movies. And they do a great job with, I can't find it, Fear Street. Fear Street. Oh, those are, yes, I saw those. Those are Netflix originals, aren't they? Those are really good. I don't want to talk about them too much because we talk about enough. But, yes, those are very good. If you like slasher movies or you like horror movies in general, the story's good. The acting's good. It's all shot very well. And every it, it, it kept my attention through all three movies, which is really good because that's, like, six hours. Yeah, because, like, they're connected. Yeah. Or, yeah, they're connected, and they're set through different decades, right? Yep. Yeah, that's Really all. good. Yeah, so... Sweet. I will check those out because I actually want to watch those. I saw those. Those came out a while ago, I think, but not a yeah. while ago, but a few months ago, I think. But sweet. Yeah. Should be about it. Yeah. Unless, Ethan, you have anything else to say? No. Um, I just want to preface and just say I got to get my Halloween horror movie game up for this fall because I'm not I'm going I'm going balls deep in fall this year. So same. I love fall. Favorite season, by the way. Yeah, I'm a season, by the way. I'm transitioning to fall, winter, from spring, summer, because spring, summer kind of overrated. No cap. Fall, winter supremacy, baby. Yeah, bro. I will die in that boat now. I'm not kidding. But uh, yeah. So that wraps up this episode. Sweet. Um, we will have a short coming out sometime either later this week or next week. Yeah, that should be it. Thanks for swinging around, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks to all the feedback, by the way. Yeah. Everybody who has talked to me personally or just messaged me about this, I really appreciate it. Like I said in the first episode, I didn't think anybody but me and Ethan and maybe <laughs> my mom were going to listen to this. Uh, just hearing some of my friends talk about it, it's warming my heart. Oh, yeah, for sure. I appreciate every listen, whether it's from my friends or Vic's friends or family or whatever. It means a lot. Um, if you guys have any recommendations or want us to talk about anything, please let us know. I've had a few comments on my post saying they want to hear a few Zack Snyder's Justice League episodes. By few, I mean one. Um, but still, I would love to talk about anything outside of superhero movies. So please let us know. Yeah. And that should be it. So we will catch you guys sometime later this week or next week. Keep your eyes out. Yeah, keep you on your toes. <laughs> Alright guys, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you guys.